I'm going to camp on this slide just a little bit because I think it's really, really important, okay? I talked to you last week about styles of parenting. This comes from a study that was done in the 60s, but it has been replicated over and over again, even in multiple different cultures, where it's looking at styles of parenting. They've tweaked it. Originally, when the, the lady did it, she didn't even have this style. She just had what she called authoritarian, authoritative, and indulgent, but I think she did determine that there was another style. She uses, this one is her original where she talks about control uh, since she has redefined that as low or high demanding, which I find very, very interesting, okay? Now, these are very unique categories, though I will tell you most of us are on all of these occasionally. We were not in neglect very often, but sometimes we're even in neglect. Um, but we're going to be in all of them at some time or another. But I'm here to convince you that we want to camp on the authoritative. One writer doesn't like the fact that she's got authoritarian and authoritative. He says they're confusing, they're too much the same words but they're really very different concepts, okay? Let's walk through them. Let's stop, I think that, well, yeah, this is I think perhaps the easiest to control. This is, I'm the parent, I'm in charge, God made me in charge, you do what I say. It is my job to tell you what to do, it is your job to do what I tell you to do, okay? Now, I'm not saying that this parent doesn't love their child. <coughs> But what they call low responsiveness, um, another way of saying that is kind of there's less empathy for the child. This focuses on control, okay? Now let's go to this one. This one is low control and high responsiveness, okay? So this parent is very empathetic, very understanding, very in tune with the child's needs. But it's really hard to be tough, okay? We're there sometimes, okay? This one is every bit as high control as that one. But the difference is in the responsiveness. This one is much more empathetic with the child. So the understanding of the child. And I, I don't want to say that this one always understands the child's needs better. But this, this one is about control, this one's about love, and this one's about control and love. Now, one author I read wanted to put these on a continuum tough, easy, in the middle. And I, I think that's a really inaccurate way of looking at it. I don't think this is a continuum. I think these are very, very different styles, okay? Now, I used to spend more time contrasting these two because when I was growing up, I think this was more the tension. I think for your generation, this is more attention. And I think that's particularly true 
for those of us that are believers. Because we believe in love. And we believe in grace and forgiveness and generosity and kindness. And so we want to do those things for our children. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this doesn't include grace and kindness and love and generosity. But frankly, being firm, being demanding, being using authority is rarely welcomed by the young child. And it is even less welcomed by an adolescent. Okay? Your child is not going to say, thank you so much for making me so good. You don't get those thank yous until they're 30 years old and have to do it with their own. And then it's very, very, very satisfying to see them <laughs> appreciate things that they've never appreciated before. Okay, questions about this. Now, what is so interesting, and this is this is science. I love it because I think science completely aligns with scripture on this. What do you think are the differences that they found in the children where the parents were primarily authoritarian? Are primarily authoritative or primarily indulgent? Just guessing. Suspect. That's the whole point of this study to see do different styles of parenting result in different strengths and weaknesses of the children? Exactly. Like not just their parents, but teachers or principals Yes. So, will you? You're absolutely right. Well, you flesh that out a little bit. So, where do you? How do you see things? So, I think that probably maybe if you're if you have a child who it comes from a more indulgent situation, maybe there might be less trust in authority figures because they know what's best for them and they've never had to. That's it. Exactly. The exactly. Of exactly. Exactly. So they do. They tend to have more trouble with other authority figures. Exactly. Well, and the risk here is the authoritarian <coughs> tends to be a little, this is the right way to do it. And so they just tell the child, this is the way you do it. This parent says, this is the right way to do it. And this is the reason that we're going to do it, okay? Now, I, that has to be age appropriate. You can talk to a three-year-old day long about vitamins and he still doesn't understand why he eats broccoli. But if you don't give some reasons, then the child has no basis of which to make his own decisions. Okay? So part of what's different, the rules are not necessarily any different here between the authoritarian and the authoritative. The authoritative parent may be, have just as tough a rules, but they are presented to the child in a way that's different. This parent says, go to bed. I said so. 
This parent says, it's time to go to bed because you are going to be really tired in the morning if you are up to long. And this parent says, um, how do you feel about going to bed now? <laughs> 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 or, uh, more detrimentally, it's time to go to bed now. Oh, you don't want to go to bed now? Well, maybe we can sit up a little bit. Okay. Do, do you see some of the, the differences in the children are fascinating. Now, this is averaged out over thousands of children, okay? So you may well have had an authoritarian parent and you may not fit this mold, okay? And there are degrees of this. Some of us are mostly authoritative and somewhat indulgent, and some of us are very authoritarian and occasionally authoritative. So none of us are pure examples of any of this. But look at some of the things. Um, children from um, very authoritarian parents tended to be less trustful, more withdrawn, and more discontent. Why would they be distrustful? They don't know why. Yes, it seems arbitrary to them. It doesn't seem like the parent is considering their needs. I'm not saying that the parent's not. That's not part of the communication there. Interestingly enough, they are also less independent because they've not been asked to think and reason. They've not been taught to do that as much as they've been taught to, do, to obey. Okay? Now, one of the differences in this authoritarian and authoritative. is the authoritative parent is really interested and really values the child becoming independent. And so in this situation, and they demand, but their goal is to have the child be able to regulate himself. They're working toward self-control. This parent is taking more of a I control. Okay? Does this make sense? The authoritative fosters independence. It fosters self-regulation. That means the child's able to do it when mom and dad are not standing there watching over. And that's what we all want. Now your three-year-old is not there yet. Okay? Your 16-year-old may not quite be there yet. <coughs> Um, interestingly enough, this one is more self-assertive. Why? He knows that his like, opinions and feelings are going to be valued. Yes, he knows his opinions are going to be valued. What he thinks matters. He has been encouraged to express opinion. Does that mean he's gotten his way every time he wanted to fix it? No. But he has not been stifled. His opinion has mattered. Okay? Um, all right. There is, again, fast. Oh, let me, let me go a little bit further. Um, which category is less likely to get drunk when they're teenagers? There are fascinating statistics about this. 
Why? Because they've had experience making decisions. Yes. And they've had experience losing out the present times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. One's this one's been told what to do. This one's been taught to reason and understand. Um, authoritative parents' children generally do better in school. Um, they are <coughs> less likely to have financial struggles when they grow up. Now, why does this kid have financial, more financial struggles? Oh, we've never had to do without. And that's such a painful process. Um, this category is more likely to be incarcerated. Kind of scary, isn't it? But he's never had, he's had less experience going by the rules. Okay? All right. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I love this. Please, we want more of this. I don't want to lecture um, to y'all all the time. This is pretty wild. This is an amazing graph. It's fascinating to me. I'm thinking about, so I'm thinking about me. the hereditary tree because I, I know how my, my grandfather's raised and my mom is raised and I'm looking at my siblings. And it seems to be a pattern of, uh, and I'm assuming it's, it's almost hereditary what block you're in because you don't know really, unless there's another outside influence that influences your parenting skills. The only way you know how to do it is based on how you were raised. Okay. So my granddad grew up without a dad, which and he went right in the military at 16 years old, fought in World War II, became became a, became a commander, and so he the only thing he knew was authoritarian. My mom was authoritarian, and then became that to us, and now I have siblings that are also authoritarian, or I also have one sibling that went to indulgent because they went polar opposite. Oh, oh, oh! You've stolen the whole. <laughs> <laughs> so it Absolutely. Either, yeah. So it seems you're either in that one vein forever, or you go polar opposite okay, to let, let, let me argue with you. Okay, let me argue with you. Because that's where the power of God comes in. Sure. We can make choices. Yeah, and so, I, I, I'm going to argue with you using the word hereditary. Sure. Because this is not in your genes. This is not in your DNA. But it is in your experience. Yeah. And, and it will tend to be your default. Because that's what you grew up with. Okay? And so, if you are going now, around, and, and so one sibling has gone from that mm -hmm. to that. Right. One of my best friends, and I love him dearly, but that's where he was. And let me give you an example. He, it was not, he was a great provider for his children. He spent time with his children. He loved the outdoors. He took them out on great hunting and fishing trips. But I remember, this is many years ago, when Aubrey Lane existed, his kids wanted to go to God. They really wanted to go to God. And he didn't like impulse. He just didn't do it. He never took them to Opryland. Now, if they had wanted to go to Paris and he didn't take them, that might be a different stretch because that's kind of expensive. But going to Opryland once was not only that expensive, but he was in charge. And they felt that their opinion matter. And one of them, parents here, in direct, I'm not going to do what my dad did. And frankly, the results have not been that bad. Does that make sense? Yes? So you mentioned the stat about uh, drinking around these different styles. I'd be curious if you had any data on children being raised in the church and do they stay with the church 
I have seen none of that related to this. That would be fascinating. I would, I would imagine it probably follows. I, I, I think that's a very good observation. I have not seen. This is all secular. This is, I mean, you can go online and read. The author is B-A-U-R-I-N-D. And she did it back in the 60s, but it's been replicated over and over. And there's some differences. Like they, re they did the study uh, in the Korean culture, and I think there were some little bit of differences cultural. I think she has some s concerns um, how this would translate into a very unsafe environment that maybe mm -hmm. their parents have to be a little bit more authoritarian. I, I don't know, but anyway, I, I don't want to. And again, don't take this too far, but it just makes such sense, and I think it's so consistent. Now. It is very, we all are the product of our experiences. And, and so I was really even going to give you an assignment this week. Nobody's going to hold your account. But as you're driving somewhere or folding clothes or whatever, I would encourage you to think about what and how you were parented do you really value? And what are you, if you've got some things that you are pretty sure you don't want to replicate, be aware of the danger of overcorrecting. I have, there is a lot of that. So dad was too strict, too arbitrary. We're gonna go there. I, years ago when I was at Lipscomb, we had this little boy, and the church that I grew up in was much more rigid than the church that I suspect most of you all, some of you I know grew up in all the prison, I know it was different. But um, this father had grown up in a very rigid um, church experience, and life had not been kind to him. His wife had walked out and left him with this little boy. And he was not going to do to this little boy what he'd been done to him. And so there were no rules. And at times I think that even took some pleasure in the little boy doing things that he would never have been allowed to do. The little boy was allowed to have a mouth of a sudden. Now please understand why Dad wants him at Lipscomb when he's going to let him talk like that. I never could quite understand. <laughs> but we finally, we just, I, I just said, you know, he is your child, you will teach him. But when he's here, these are the rules, and we will have to. And it was not my job to correct, to make the child feel bad about his father's parenting choices. So we just said, at school, those words are not allowed. But I thought, how sad, because this dad is sending such a conflicting message. There was something about faith that this dad wanted his child to have. Why in the world else would he be spending that much money on tuition? But he was so afraid of being parented as he was parented. So the other might be true. Maybe you think your parents were not involved in your life enough. I, I, know, I know some situations like this where mom was so busy working and the other mothers were all at home and you felt kind of left out because your mother was too busy. And you're not going to do that to your children. You're going to be involved with your children. And if you're not careful, you're going to micromanage your children. That's I think that's how Satan works, is that he wants to get it, get us off base just enough to mess it up. 
your assignment is to think about what is my parenting style? Am I reacting to something? Am I embracing something because I think that's really good? Or it's because it's what we all do? And I will encourage you as we go along to kind of think about what your default is. In other words, when you're really pressed and stressed and don't have to think about it, what is your kind of default response? I had to change some, I, I had to make some changes in what I did because I finally realized my default was getting me in situations I didn't By the way, this is also true in marriages. It's really hard to create a marriage different. It can be done. I, I promise you, I, I have a dear friend who grew up in, oh, her mother was this bitter, manipulative, and she was determined not to be that person. But she didn't really know how a wife did it differently. How did a mother do it differently? But she did, and it was a struggle, and she had some bad moments, but she did it, and she's done it well, and she's reaping the rewards. She's almost as old as I am, she's reaping the rewards of a good thing because she knew God could help her be different. Yeah. Okay? Questions? Yes? Um, so, um, I feel like I kind of grew up in the authoritarian block, and so I tend to try to over-explain, I've been told. Um, and so that's really hard for me to not want to explain it, or I shut down because I'm tired of explaining it. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Which okay. is hard. Okay. Let, let, I am not comfortable. Let's let's look at over-explaining. Okay. What is over-explaining? For instance, if I said, I want you to do it because I told you so. I'm the parent. I want you to do it. We know that the authoritarian would say that. Would the authoritative ever say that? Maybe after yes. After, after I have explained and after I have maybe explained again, they're not asking for information at that point. They're harassing. <laughs> okay? And so I'm going to say, I need you to obey because this is what I have said it's going to be. Now, if you're over-explaining is because you're down here and you don't want to be tough, then, okay. But if you're here, um, my father was an only child and my mother was the youngest of seven, if you don't think that made for some interesting differences in parenting. But my father always wished for siblings and he had cousins that lived right down the hill for him that there was three of them and, and he was always sad that he didn't have brothers and sisters and it just broke his heart when my brother and I fought and we did. I mean, that's what siblings do. And, oh, and he spent hours discussing with me. <laughs> he was 
patient, he was calm, he was redundant. Um, my brother and I used to say we'd rather have a spanking than a talking to. It was, it was not a put down, it was not abusive, it was just, he just was sure that he could find the words that would make my brother and I always loving and kind to each other. But you know what? I wouldn't take anything for that. I felt like as an adult, I look back and I know something about the heart of my father. And I know something about what he wanted for me. And I can assure you, I never once whittled my way into any decision that he didn't think was the right one. He was very firm, but very willing to talk. Okay. So, again, be careful how you define it. Um, which reminds me, I don't think I said this, one of the characteristics that they list under this low control is that they are <coughs> unwilling to enforce demands. So I say, it's time to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed, and I'm unwilling to enforce it. This is just an extra. There are some pediatricians now that think perhaps the increase in childhood obesity is linked to uh, schedules that are too loose, kids not getting enough sleep, and if you don't get enough sleep, you tend to eat too much. Just thought that was fascinating. Okay, let's think a little bit about how scripture fits to this. So the verse about um, fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Does that fit anywhere? What's more likely to provoke to wrath? Yeah, the authoritarian and the neglect. I'm not going to deal with that. I don't think anybody's here. Um, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Where does that fit? See, I feel pretty strong, and I'll admit I may be twisting some of this a little bit. I, I, I don't think I am, but I think responsiveness has to do with training and teaching. I think this has to do with enforcement, but I think that has to do with training and teaching. Okay. Um, the reference is to being having no selfish ambition but valuing others. I'd never thought about that as a parenting verse when I was parenting, but I believe strongly that's a prime parenting verse. So where does valuing others among yourselves come from? See, I think that's control. I, I, I think we gotta I think we gotta have it. Okay. Questions? Okay, you're the parent in charge. You are empowered and expected by God to teach. You will only use your power for good, and we're all going to mess that up sometimes. But we're all going to we're all going to not be the parent we want to be sometimes. But we're going to do the best we can to use our power for the good of the child. <laughs> if we use it for selfish purposes, we do send messages that we don't intend. I do kind of like the bumper sticker that references that our child is going to pick a nursing home. 
I, I think there's value in remembering that. I'm close enough to that that I may see it in a way that you don't see it. But we're teaching our child how to use power. And, and if we fail to use our power, if we cop out, if we're too indulgent, then I think we run the risk of the child not knowing how that we can do. Um, We're going to try something. I've never done this with a group like this. We're going to see if it's going to work. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. I want you to divide up into about three groups on both sides. It doesn't matter. Um, and we're going to experiment with something. I promise this is painless. Um, so get just kind of get in little groups of, and then I'm going to give, I need one, I need two people in each group to volunteer for my task. Okay? Yeah, we're, we're great. Let me. Okay. Now, I need every group needs one of those and one of those. Just one per group. Okay, I want you to try. I need a volunteer in, in, in each group. Somebody that thinks they have at least normal small motor skills. One volunteer. We're missing one. One more mirror. Mm. I may not have one more mirror. So I should have had any more, any more mirrors. Oh dear, you're going. You're, you don't have a mirror. No, we do. You did. They don't have a mirror. I ran out. Oh dear. Okay, you're just going to have to go join another group and watch it. I'm sorry. That's all I've got. Um, so. person that has the other blank 
is going to hold this over you so that you can't cheat. Not that you would, but we're going to be really sure that you don't. Okay? Now, this is a fairly simple star. If you're well, if you are well focused, you will probably finish it in something like five or six seconds. Okay, this is quick. So get your markers ready. Get your mirrors poised. Get your cheat sheet avoiding in place. Are we ready? Set.
And if they're not appropriate, it feels mean, it feels frustrating, it feels like I don't have your back, it feels a little bit like I get the truck. Now, before we go too far with this, what happens if you do this for five minutes a day for two weeks? Maybe it takes 30 days, I don't know, I've been trying. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't take very long of doing it. Basically, you're retraining your brain. You're seeing your energy, you're retraining your brain. And once you've done that, it's as easy as you do it. So my point is, the solution to not asking a child not to do something because you're not sure he's ready, if you're not careful, if you don't ever ask them to do anything, He's not going to learn to do it. You can learn to do this really, really well if it were important that you learn that. So we've got to figure out how do we figure out what is appropriate. And I'm going to tell you, if you're coming next week to have this, this is what we do for one-year-olds, and this is what we do for two-year-olds, and this is what we do for ten-year-olds, you're not getting that. Because it's going to be very, very child. Your list is going to be very, very child-specific, okay? But we will talk about some variables to look for. And then we've also got to figure out some ways, how do we present tasks? And maybe we don't know for sure if our child's ready for that. When do you know if the child's ready to ride a bicycle? You don't know, but sometimes you have to try. But how do we do that in such a way that, I'm so glad you used the word demeanor because I really do think that's a word that we feel really strong. How do you do it in a way that's not demeaning or frustrating or anxiety? And I think there are some really ways to do that. And that's next week. And we are finishing four minutes early, and I'll gather all that stuff. Please spend those four minutes helping the people in the group. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs>